Welcome back to the Arise Podcast. Jacob, how are you doing? Doing great, Roger. How are you? Doing pretty good. Um, right now, I'm currently hoping that the Blues keep that final playoff spot. I was going to say we'll we'll see if we'll see by the time this publishes right, hopefully, right. how you're feeling. Right, but right. Uh, I think for right good, now, yeah, I think they're in a good spot. We got nine games, but we have a couple more games. Well. Not than everyone, but the the next person, you know, the number five. Right. We have a couple more games than them, so even if it gets a little dicey, it should at least be in our hands to, right. Right. to you know, kind of figure it out. So. You guys have a good shot here. Right. So, but yeah, that is a good point. We'll see how I'm feeling next time. <laughs> next, next time we record, it may be a very different story. <laughs> um, so, we're going to do things a little different today. Um, usually, we go sermon by sermon and kind of dig deeper into the uh, into the sermons in the podcast. But we thought we're going to uh, maybe try to do kind of an overview of the whole series, um, kind of series by series. And so today we're going to be talking about our sermon series, God's Story, um, which is talking about God's overarching story. And so um, I think the first couple series, uh, first couple series we launched with were um, um, I really enjoyed them. They were really helpful as far as learning about who God is. And I thought that was and obviously that was very intentional with uh, Jacob and you know, uh, the elders and stuff like that of kind of um, a way to approach the beginning stages of this plan and making sure that um, people kind of know where where we stand with God and, and really get to know his characteristics, really get to know him. Our first series was God is. And so we thought that was really important. So, um, yeah, so we're just going to jump into that. Um, we started off with creation and um, Jacob, why is it so important to talk about creation when you talk about God? I, I know it's obviously literally the beginning of the story but but what does this show us about god yeah so i mean creation has to be the beginning because it's the beginning right i mean there's there's no no need to overanalyze this too much here uh when you tell us any story you start with the beginning of the story i guess unless you're christopher nolan and then you start at the end or in the middle or something and do something like that but most normal people we start stories at the beginning and Creation is the first thing that we know about. And, uh, you know, so in a larger part of this message was kind of setting the parameters for what we mean when we're talking about God's story and we talk about creation, because we're not talking about creationism necessarily. Uh, as, as we talked about in this message, and as you well know, Roger, there are numerous perspectives out there on when the world came into being and, and the manner and method in which uh, life as we know it on Earth came to where it is. Uh, so that's not what we're talking about here, um, the specifics of that necessarily. Uh, the, in the big picture of God's story, we're really just interested in who creates and, you know, kind of what what the core part of that story is. And so... Um, from our perspective, here to rise as a mere Christian church, right? We're not interested in a particular view of creation. We're interested in kind of the big picture story, which is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And this is how Genesis starts. Uh, the, the creed affirms that God is the creator of heaven and earth. And that's where we think that God's story begins as well. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the universe. That's where the story has to begin. So that's where our telling of God's story began. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think um uh especially with um you know our our beliefs and and how we go about um 
uh, the things in the church as far as mere Christianity, as far as, you know, kind of that, that's why the overarching story is so important. That's why we say the creed because it tells you the, the meat of it. It's, you know, he created the heavens and earth, he, you know, sent his son, died, rose again. Right. Like it, it, right. It's, it, these are the things that are, are important. So, um, I really think that is, uh, again, which is why I thought, you know, it was a really good thing that we started off with this was, it's really just kind of, kind of dipping your toes in, in, in a sense, you know, it's like, okay, this is who God is. This is what he's doing. Um, and I was always also curious just quickly, you can kind of talk about this. Um, what, what does it mean? So, so what does it say? It says that he created man and that we were above the, like we named the, the made to rule the animals. Right. Sort of yeah. I, mean, I, I, I always thought that was interesting that, that kind of that, part of i want to say power but like that he gave us a kind of a role right off the bat that really nothing else does you know as far as the other things that were created yeah so i mean in in the creation accounts we we see a couple of unique things about humanity we see um that we're made in the image of god right no other creature is made in the image of god that's something very important and distinct and special uh and so you know every human being is also made in the image of God, and we have an inherent dignity and worth because of that. And there's a, just a ton of theological anthropology there. That That's just a fancy theological term that means there's a, a ton of information about who humans are and what it means to be human that is baked into the creation story. Uh, but as you're alluding to, kind of the second part of what's going on, and connected to that first part, being made in the image of God, um, is this idea that uh, humans were created to be uh, the term I prefer to use here is kind of like vice regents, uh, which is a very formal sounding thing, which is actually in t- intentional here. Um, you know, humanity is is given this mandate to um, fill the earth and subdue it. We're supposed to do things like name the animals and care for creation. And we're, we're kind of made, you know, the the, um, the overseers of all of creation. Part of what we're told from the very beginning is that we are part of creation, uh, but we have a special role in the creation. And so good stewardship of the planet, good stewardship of other creatures, good stewardship of the relationships that we have between uh, ourselves and fellow human beings, certainly, but ourselves and the earth is, is again, baked into the creation uh, story as well. And, um, you know, there's just – there's we could talk forever about how much is baked into creation. It's, it's a handful of chapters in Genesis, but it really sets the stage for so much of the story. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we, we talked about creation we talked about that. Then we go into um, our next part and it's uh, the fall. And um, I think the, the big idea was, um, you know, you kind of talk about how like everything, you know, from the previous week, everything was really good. You know, we're kind of talking about, you know, creation made man in the image and all that. And then, uh, but humanity brought distortion and death into creation. And, you know, you see that a a lot throughout the old Testament, obviously. I mean, it's kind of like that continual story of God's people doing things that bring death and, and, and distortion to, you know, this creation that God has. And so it's kind of, it, it, it really is kind of hard. Like, it's just, you know, it's crazy how much 
that happens and how much, uh, you know, it kind of snowballed in a way from that, that point. Um, so what were, what were a few of the points you were talking about, um, in the, the fall? I mean, this is really the, uh, bad news, everyone sort of week here, right? right? Like, Hey, we got to talk about some, some cool, awesome stuff last week, but look at the world around you. The world is not as it was created. Something, something has happened. Uh, you know, people, people have, people have screwed up and there are, there are things that happen to creation because people have screwed up. And so, um, you know, I, I very intentionally use the word distorted here. Uh, sin is sin and it's, it's, it's real. Uh, so this is not me denying the reality of sin or something like that, but sin as a way to communicate what's wrong with the world. Uh, for most people, has lost a lot of value. Distortion is a much more helpful, rich term, right? Because you know what distortion looks like. Uh, and so, you know, that's kind of the first thing that we talked about was the fall, it distorts everything. It affects everyone. It affects everything. It affects all of our, our human relationships, uh, our relationships with God, our relationships with each other, our relationship with the world, our relationship with ourselves. It's been distorted. It's been warped. It's been, um, you know, destroyed in some capacity. Uh, and because of that, death has entered the story. You know, death is um, a part of life, yes, but that's not how we were created to be. Um, death has become the destiny of all human beings, however hard we try to avoid it. But uh, it's not the way the world was designed it's 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 alien to the way that we want to be this is i think one of the reasons that death is so hard and so tragic in in every instance in human experience is it's just we're not made to experience death and it happens to us because of sin and because of the distortion and then one of the final things we talked about uh with in this message was um you know, every good story has a has a main villain, right? Uh, you know, it can it can be um, you know Sauron and Saruman or you know Thanos or whoever. Um, and the story Voldemort. That's Voldemort. One. Sorry, I said I knew I forgot uh, <laughs> a, a key villain for part of our part of our audience here. Um, um, it, you know, uh, see now now, so. I, now I have all sorts of other villains in my head. Um, <clears throat> I run a Disney kick in the Prowler household, so I have all the Disney villains in my head. Ursula needs to be mentioned as well. Right, Anyways, right. Uh, but what happens in the fall is it reveals our, our the adversary in the story, right? So God creates and God is good and God is opposed by uh, someone, uh, and it, it's this character, Satan. And uh, one of the things I did talk about was, you know, sometimes we give Satan more power than he actually has. We right. assume that he has more influence in the world. Uh, than he actually does, but it's clear that uh, Satan corrupts, and uh, Satan is one of the uh, the antagonists in God's story. But it's also not just Satan, right? It's it's easy to blame Satan for everything that's wrong with the world, but Genesis actually reveals a much more insidious villain, and that is us. Right? We are also the villains in the story here. Kind of sucks. Yeah, we. Uh, we, because of what we want and because we are distorted, we also cause all sorts of problems um, in God's good creation. And so, uh, you know, the fall, if, if, if the story starts out beautifully with creation, uh, the fall is really the problem that needs to be addressed uh, in the rest of the story. And uh, so we got um, some, some bad news week two. Right. 
Um, so uh, then we went into the waiting, and I'm going to kind of do this, um, and you can can um, add anything if you like. So we, we did, uh, he did a sermon on waiting, and part of that was a video for me and my wife um, about our uh, time of waiting, and so I'm just going to briefly talk about that. Um, uh, so me and my wife, we got married in 2012, and we always wanted... Um, kids i was an only child always wanted kids kelsey um had her and her two brothers and she loved having that so i mean i think in her head she wanted a you know a a, a boy girl and then a boy so you know we always were talking about that and so a couple of years in you know we were starting to try to have kids and it just wasn't working it was um uh just not happening and we didn't understand why and um obviously there's a lot that goes into it all but you know, the, the main thing was um, what I thought I was giving God control of. I really wasn't. I, I, I at least me personally, I spent a lot of the time saying, oh, God's going to take care of it. God's in control. Like, we don't have to worry about it. Like, if it's his will, it'll happen. And really, that was me just not wanting to talk about it, not really wanting to go to to my church about it, not really wanted to talk to close friends about it. I just kind of wanted to avoid it. And so I learned that I really wasn't giving control and I actually need to do that. I, I need to give him control of the situation and we really need to do that. We really need to rely on people for prayer and rely on our church. And it was okay to be angry. It was okay for me to, you know, a lot at the beginning, I would say, you know, God, your will be done. And I realized, no, I could say, God, I want to have a child. Like, you know, I want Kelsey to be pregnant. Obviously, at the end of the day, your will be done. But I, I could say that and be like, these are my desires. Like, this is what I want. And, you know, I was frustrated and I was angry, but I really had to lean into being close with God. And really, it's so hard because you want to almost turn the other way. But really, you really have to lock in and really, really immerse yourself in him and really figure out what's going on. And praise to God, we have... um we had our son in 2017, October 2017, and we have a little 10-month-old girl right now, Delaney, and she's beautiful and perfect, and I love her with everything inside of me. So um, it's just... And somehow she's 10 months old right, already. Which is amazing. And so it's just, it, it really is, um, it's so hard when you're waiting. I mean, I, I can't imagine, and, and there's obviously people who are dealing with things that are harder or not as hard i mean but waiting in general is is hard i mean i think even you mentioned in, in the in the sermon especially with how we are as a, as a people now i don't want to wait for my amazon package to come in i right. don't want to wait you know this is before i don't want to wait for my christmas gift to come in like this is this, everything takes too long like it, it's yeah. just so hard and so um i just think that was really really important is to just really give control and really kind of focus on who god is yeah, and I really, I mean, I, I I love your story and was privileged to walk with you guys through through part of that, and so I got to see some of your waiting. But I mean, that control side of it really is is important to remember. We want to control what's going on, right. and that's that's the story of waiting that we see in Scripture, right? God God tells us people to wait, and at every opportunity, they try to do things in their own way and their own time, and and hurry things along, and we're we're just like that. We're just like that. We don't want to wait. We prioritize speed. We prioritize efficiency. We want to get things done. But we want to get things done. And uh, yeah, wait. But but waiting is important. 
life involves waiting and God's story involves waiting too. Right. So then we go into to redemption and this was kind of interesting in a way because, and I don't know, it's weird. I, I love the way you frame some of these things. Like it, um, and I kind of want you to talk about this. So it's crazy because redemption in this story is like the saddest part of the story, right. but it's, it's like the good news. It's yep. the good news, but it's like the saddest part of the story. So it, it's crazy how, how God works at that. It's very, it, and that's something you, you, you tend to learn that God is uh, unorthodox and, you know, things don't typically go as you would normally just think they would. So you could talk a little bit about, uh, the the kind of good news that was the saddest news. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the if you if you're close to Christianity, we get desensitized to this a lot because the the good news is someone died for you, right? Like you are a broken, screwed up person who likes to take control and hates to wait, and so God sent His Son to die for you, right? Like that's such a key part of the good news, uh, and we're like, oh yeah, Jesus died for us, yay! And it's like, no. Jesus died for you. That's that's terrible. That's sad. Like that's that's I mean it's good news, but it's sad news too. And uh you know, the the death of Jesus uh is 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 one of the worst parts of the story. God had to send his son to die to fix what we do wrong, but uh it's also the best part of the story, right? Uh, the sinless son has come in order to take on sin in order that sinners can become sinless. Uh, see how many times I can work sin into right. that sentence there. Um, that's, that's good news, right? Uh, and, and, and the resurrection is even better news because not only did Jesus die, but he rose from the dead. And uh, taken together, Jesus' death and resurrection, they are unexpected. They're shocking and they're transformative. They, they change the way that we think the world works. And this is really the, um, the hinge upon which all of history turns, right? Jesus has come, he has lived, he's died, he is now the saving king. And uh, because of that, the, the story, uh, God's story, is not just a story that is sad and uh, a, a story about our sinful brokenness, but also a, a story that is hopeful, a story that um, gives us gives us hope for the future and, uh, you know, helps us today look forward to, uh, the rest of the story that is, that is still yet to come. Right. I think that that's really, really important. Like you said, you, you kind of do kind of get desensitized to it. And it's just like, which, I mean, you have to, in a way you have to present it in like that kind of light, but like, it does almost seem like, oh yeah, like Jesus died for your sin. Like that's, you know, this really good, exciting thing, which it is. But to really think about it, it's just crazy how how there is that that part to it. Um, and so then we go to um, already not already and not yet, which is you know kind of I guess where we're at now. Like it's just this this waiting for Christ to return. Right. We know he's coming back. Uh, we know that he's defeated death. He's defeated sin, and he's going to come back, and everything's going to be restored. So it's like great. We don't know when. Obviously, there's a lot of ideas and thoughts on what's going to happen and how you can figure these things out and know exact dates and all that. But we're not really here to talk about that. My question is, so if we know right now that Jesus is going to come back, he died for our sins. He's going to restore everything. He paid it all and it's complete. What do we, what, what are we here for? What are we doing now? What, what's the point of us being here? If 
everything is finished in in a sense. Right. So this is you know this is this is the tension of the Christian life, right? Uh, the the good news has happened. Jesus has died. Jesus has risen. Uh, but Jesus is not here still. Jesus is is still yet to come again. Um, the kingdom has come, but it has not come in its fullness. Restoration has begun, but not everything is restored. Sin and brokenness are still on earth for a time, right? So what do we do? And, you know, t- uh, this is, to me, uh, this was one of the most kind of practical uh, messages in this whole series because this is the, hey, this is where we are part of this story, right? This is the, hey, look around you. This is what's going on. And uh, for me, there were kind of just three things that we could do. One was, you got to remember your place in the story, right? Um, we're, we're, we're talking about God's story in this series, and so it's important that we remember our 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 little place in the big picture. And for me, this means remembering where you are in the biblical portion of God's story and remembering where you are in church history, right? There's there's a historical argument to be made here too. Uh, you're not the first person to follow God. You're not the first person to have this idea or read, right. read scripture. Or, so remember your place in the story. Like there's some good contextualization to happen there. Uh, and then second, reflect God, right? This is, this is, uh, this is, in one way, just the call of the Christian life. Love God, love people. Live like God would want you to. Uh, every tree is recognized by its fruit. So as Christians, we have a job to do in the already and not yet. And that is to um, to to love God, to love people, to point people to Jesus, to help people understand where they are in the story too. There's So there's a lot of ethics for us. There's a lot of mission for us. This is, right. this is the mission of the church. And then finally... Uh, I said, you know, we're supposed to live well in our pocket of the kingdom, right? Everyone who belongs to the church has a role to play in the mission of the church. We each have gifts. We have each have abilities. We, uh, you know, it might not seem like it, but anyone listening here, you have a role to play in the church and in the mission of the church. And uh, so we can't just sit idly by. We've got to get moving. We've got to get working, not because our work is going to bring about Jesus's return, although there are particular strands of Christianity that happen to think that, uh, but because God has given us work to do while we wait. Uh, you know, to me, there are there are a number of, number of parables that really speak to this fact. Yeah. Uh, you know, when God comes back, we need to be working. We need to be doing what he's asked us to do. Uh, otherwise, there are going to be consequences. And right. so... Um, you've got a pocket of your kingdom to live in and work in, and so you need to be doing that as you wait for, um, as you wait for the uh, culmination of the kingdom. Right, and that that's really cool because I don't know in ways like it it would be easy to just kind of kind of dial it in and be like, well, you know, I I I have salvation. I've I've repented. I know what I what I've done, and I know where my relationship is with Christ. But again, to to have that, like you said, that pocket in time where it's this waiting, and it's like, but we're still on this earth, so there's got to be there's a purpose, there's a reason for that, and the fact that our purpose is to for ourselves become more like Christ, but also doing that, reflecting Him, and being able to um, help other people, and really just fulfill out the gospel like fulfill the words that are in the bible like it's really exciting like it's it's of course daunting and like oh my gosh like how do i do this but it's just really it's really cool to have to know that that really is like 
above all, obviously, you know, job and family and, and all that is great. But your our purpose here is to become as close or, or be as much like Christ and reflect him as possible. I just think that's really, really cool. Yeah. And it's it's I mean, again, this is the this is the tension of the Christian life. I don't think there are easy answers here, but keeping that perspective in mind, exactly what you said, Roger, I think is just so, so important for living in this part of the story. Uh, you know, obviously with, with this part and I'm not going to lie, I spent a, a good time, um, a good amount of years of my faith, Christian faith, <laughs> somewhat avoiding, uh, revelations and kind of what it says. I was a little terrified partially. Um, I know we, kind of talk about this sometimes but you know the left behind books and stuff like that kind of you know threw me for a loop at a young age and not really knowing how to figure out these like how to find out these answers and how to how to go about that so um going into this and going into the restoration um what what can we find out what do we learn from in revelation about what um could happen yeah so as you're as you're talking about here roger this is there are lots of Christians today who do not focus on any other part of God's story other than this part, right? Like they are obsessed with this. They, all they want to do is think about this and talk about this and, and, you know, uh, interpret the culture and the world looking for signs of Jesus' imminent return, things like this. Um, my larger per- perspective is you've got to view this as part of the story, right? This is an important part of the story, but this can't be the part of the story that you're obsessed with at the expense of the other parts of the story. And for me, there are good scriptural reasons for that. Primarily, the fact that scripture says no one knows the specific time of Jesus' return, right. and scripture seems to indicate that there are not going to be a bunch of overly specific events leading up to the return of the king, right? Some people are some people are like, oh, this happened in Russia, or this happened in China, or there's an oil pipeline going somewhere, and if you read this random passage in connection with this random passage, uh, this, you know, something that gets talked about before the return of the king. Uh-huh, what? Um... um <laughs> First of all, that's a bad way to interpret your Bible. Second of all, uh, Luke, for example, says, you must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect, right? Uh, Paul writes, uh, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night, right? Uh, so be ready for the end, but yeah, you don't going use, around... You don't usually know when thieves in the night comes, huh? Yeah, like... <laughs> There's a reason that people have security services and security cameras, right? Because you just don't know when it's going to happen. So be pre- be prepared, be ready, but don't go looking around to predict the end. And I think this is especially important when it comes to the book of Revelation, because no one knows what Revelation means. Uh, it's extremely confusing. It's extremely complex. Uh, and it's extremely contested, right? People are, are people who are brilliant people who have studied Revelation for years and years and years disagree vehemently on what Revelation is trying to say. So if all you're doing is reading the book of Revelation, stop, right? Stop doing that. There's lots of other scripture that you should be focusing on. And to me, this connects back to the earlier part of the series. We live in the already not yet, not necessarily on the cusp of restoration. And so there's just some, just, you know, I spent the first half of this message going, stop and slow down right. here because we don't need to be obsessed with restoration. We need to look forward to it. 
Now, there's lots of very important things that happen in, in, in the moment of restoration, right? The end begins when Jesus returns, when Jesus gets back, Satan, sin, and death, all the distortion that happens as the, as the result of the fall, that comes to an end, it's done, its power is ended, uh, the dead are going to rise, creation is going to be restored. I mean, Revelation 20 and 21 and 22 have just some beautiful imagery here about how awesome this period is going to be, and kind of the kicker to all this is that King Jesus is going to reign forever. Uh, and and the redemption story of the Gospels is going to be brought to completion. Uh, the already and the not yet is going to be done. It's going to be complete. The kingdom of God is going to come completely and fully. And God's story is going to come to its completion, to its culmination here at the end. And, uh, you know, that's something to be excited about and something to look forward to and, and something to hope and pray and yearn for. Uh, but it doesn't need to be something that, you know, obsesses you or causes you to ignore the rest of God's story. Yeah, I think that's really good. And, and, and like you were saying, I think, um, really just getting hung up on what, what it, you know, what is going to be like and, and only focusing on, you know, these signs or whatever. It's like, it, it really can be detrimental to figuring out the whole story, you know, learning the whole story really, really, and, and just enjoying, like you said, like restoration is good. Like it's going to be a good thing. Like there's no need to stress over it so much where you're just really literally obsessed with it. And like you said, there's countless things in the Bible telling you that we do not know when it's going to happen. And, but what we do hear a lot in the Bible is you need to be ready, which you know right. you were talking about earlier, but it's like you have to be ready for it. So I, I think focusing a little bit more on that is uh, would do a lot uh, of good for us. And, and just really just again, obviously, it's going to be it's hard to think about that when you when you don't know when he's coming and not to, you know, unfortunately, however many years it is before he comes like you. In my head, you know, I'm thinking about, okay, restoration is, you know, when I pass away. Like, so obviously that's something you don't right. tend to think about right. as a good thing as well. But restoration is such a such a, a good thing. So I, I think that's uh, really important. Yeah. And, and again, the, one of the major points of this whole story is, uh, of this whole series is the whole story matters. All of it. Right. And so this is in some ways a call to be like, hey, pay attention to what the Old Testament says. It's pay attention to what the Gospels say. Pay attention to what uh, the, the New Testament says when it talks about what life in the church looks like. And also look forward to what happens in the end. But in terms of clear look, cl- you know, clear indications of what the end is going to look like, uh, Scripture is unclear. Right. It's it's hopeful. It's, you know, a handful of chapters, even very generously speaking, it's a handful of chapters, a handful of verses from throughout scripture. Uh, and so there's no need to be, to be obsessed. You got to remember what's going on at the end in light of all of God's story. And that's, that's really where I ended things. And, um, you know, just every week we walk through, Hey, this is, this is where we are. This is God's story. And, you know, every week we we actually had bookmarks for this too. Just here's the story, right? right? In the beginning, God created the universe, but humanity brought distortion and death to creation. 
And so God chose a people whom he shaped through time and circumstance, and when the time was right, God sent his son Jesus to live, die, and rise from the dead. To continue his work, God gave the church the mission of proclaiming Jesus as king until he comes again in glory to fully restore creation. That's the story. That's what you need to focus on. You need to remember all of that. You need to focus on all of that. Yes, there's something to look forward to there at the end, Jesus coming again in glory and fully restoring creation, um, but that needs to be contextualized too. Right. So there you guys go. That That's it, man. That's God's story. That's, um, man, those are some things to really lean into and really um, devote time into and really, you know, ask questions and really just just really dig into that. So um, I really enjoyed that series. I thought it was a uh, was really good. Jacob, as usual, I really appreciate you sitting down with me. Of course, Roger. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for sitting down with me yes no i love it um if you guys want to follow us on social media uh you can search arise church stl on all major platforms and you will find us um we would love a subscribe a share a rating for the arise podcast and our youtube channel which is arise church stl too right so um i think we got a few more a few more uh subscribe we had a good we had a good subscriber push a couple weeks ago yep uh, we really appreciate that um, and we will talk to you guys next time on the Arise Podcast.